Welcome to Maverick University, an educational series featuring ministry modules taught by ministry-minded Christians and designed to help Christians become more effective in their service for Christ. I'm David Hallberg, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Mike Hall, uh, and he's going to be talking to us today about uh, soul winning for beginners. And Brother Hall has had a lot of experience witnessing to people and getting people to church, and so we're going to have a five-part uh, series uh, on soul winning that will definitely help those of you who are just beginning uh, to go soul winning and get the gospel out to people and we're going to learn how to start a, a spiritual conversation we're going to learn how to explain the gospel in the simplest terms and how to bring people to a point of decision and how to train other people to do the same and also some just general uh, hacks about soul winning and tips of the trade. Uh, so Brother Hall, I'm glad you're with us. Um, how long have you been soul winning and what if well, I probably started soul winning. I got I got saved when I was eight as in daily vacation Bible school. My parents weren't saved, didn't really go to church a whole lot. But I remember through high school um, having a burden. I, I never was a, a great soul winner. I never learned a lot. But I did have a burden for people to get saved. And I, and I understood that a teacher had a burden for me. That's how I ended up getting saved. And uh, so probably during high school, 40-plus years ago, that I, that I started making the effort to do that. In fact, I remember, uh, the, the, as, as far as I can remember, uh, the first person that I ever did win to the Lord, I went to a basketball camp uh, when I was in high school, and my roommate was this gangly uh, young guy, and uh, I just said, you know, I need to witness this guy before the week's over. And so we took and, and came back from practice one night, and I just started sharing the gospel with him, and, and he was very open and ended up getting saved. The interesting thing was, about two years later, I'm watching the state basketball championships, of which I watched. I never got to play. But uh, I was watching the championships, and they announced the starting point guard for the team that eventually won the state championship. His name was Bob King, and that was the guy that I That's had roomed with at basketball camp. <laughs> and so here he was, the starting point guard for the state championship basketball team. That was pretty awesome. That's so. kind of a convicting thought to think you were a young man, didn't really grow up going to church, although you were saved at a young age. And yet you had a burden to get people the gospel and to see people saved, while many Christians and young Christians grew up in church faithfully, and they may not necessarily have that burden. Um, but that's tremendous. And I think that's a, a hallmark of any true believer and born-again Christian is they really want to get the gospel out. And, and I think sometimes, though, also, people don't know what to say, and they're nervous about how to go about sharing the gospel mm -hmm. with others. That's true. And really, that's... That's the, the, the nucleus for what, what we'll be talking about here for the next uh, couple of uh, sessions is I, I really had a burden, and probably the, the, the genesis of, of the presentation we're going to go through here was when I became principal of Northwest Baptist Academy back in 1992, and, uh, and I just had a burden that our teenagers would be able to share the gospel with a friend or as they're out bus calling or whatever in a very simplistic, straightforward, simple fashion. And uh, that kind of started it, and, and we, I've just kind of simplified it, clarified it, and worked with it a little bit uh, all the way through up until today, uh, which is, I like to use this because it, because it is the soul winning for beginners. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a simple structure, a simple outline that gets uh, people started with, with being a soul winner. And, and you know, if, if anybody's watching and you're an experienced soul winner, this is going to seem extremely simplistic to you. Uh, but maybe you don't remember back when you first got started with this. But I, I remember 
that it, it, it was a daunting experience trying to remember what I was supposed to do sure. or to try to figure out where to go. And so I thought we, we need to have a simple structure outline for new Christians or young, young Christians just starting to go soul winning so they can be comfortable with what they're going to say and what they're going to do mm-hmm. and then can move on from there and read who it is they're talking to and that, and that type of thing. So that's really where, where the genesis for all this came from. Absolutely. I remember my first soul winning experiences door to door. You know, it basically consisted of, here, it's an invitation to church. Okay, bye. You know, and right. that was it. And I knew there was the gospel, and I knew what the gospel was, but I just didn't know how exactly to right. get it out. Or maybe fear kind of mm. cripples you, especially when you're talking to strangers at the door and you're just a you know a junior high kid right. like right. I was when I first started. So, but the whole, why don't you kind of get it into that for us? What is what is the most simplistic way to share the gospel with somebody? Is there sure. s- you're talking about some kind of a structure, yes. some kind of a skeletal outline that people can follow that helps you kind of keep in track in your mind where am I, and where am I going? Well, what we'll try to do in this series is I, I'm going to I'm going to today we're going to do just the basic outline and the points and verses and and what we need to do with those points and verses. Again, there there are a whole raft of verses that are at our disposal to help us when we're witnessing to somebody. And and as we grow as Christians, we ought to incorporate those, have those at our disposal to use. But for the brand new soul winner, mm-hmm. they struggle with a point and a verse. And if and the gospel is not complicated. That's right. And if yeah. and if we can clearly state the the point and then the verse that goes with that and explain what that's saying, mm-hmm. I was eight when I got saved. It's not a hard thing. It's not a complicated thing. Again, as we grow, there's more at our disposal. But but if we can get young people or whoever it is to at least get started and know what they're going to say and know how they go about it, they're going to be fine. And so we're breaking this session up into five different sessions. The first session we're going to talk about today is just the main body of the presentation, the verses, the points. Then we'll, we'll take another session, and I want to talk about the transition into the body of the of the soul winning presentation. Then another session we'll talk about the transition into drawing the net, we call or, le- or or getting the person in a position of trusting Christ after your main body. Then I want to talk a little bit in another session somewhere down the road. We'll talk about tips for the trainer. Mm-hmm. If you're a trainer, how can you go about teaching the the new Christian, the new soul winner? Uh, how can you go about teaching them effectively so they can become confident soul winners, and then trainers in their own right. And then somewhere along the line, I'd like to talk also about um, the, the physical, mental, and spiritual preparation that all of us should put into going soul winning. And, and all of that is just as important. All of these things are easy to do, sure, but all of them are important for us to consider. So okay. the first thing that we'll talk about today is the main body of the presentation. Now, I would like to mention this. Um, I, it's always advantageous to be able to use your Bible. If I can get into somebody's house and sit down with them, I like to use the Bible uh, because it's the authority that's behind the Bible is special, and and all the verses. I mean, you got a raft of verses that are uh, at your uh, disposal to be able to use. When I'm out door to door sewing, and interestingly enough, in the climate that that we often find ourselves, that people are a little bit skittish about it, uh, I'm not going to get into a house just cold door to door, knocking on doors. Um, so, so I have to be prepared to share the gospel while I'm at the door. 
And one thing that I like to work with on beginning soul winners is, is making sure that they have their church's gospel tract and they're able to use that effectively. Mm-hmm. Not as good as the Bible, I understand that, but in many regards it's easier for the new soul winner. Because if, if your gospel tract is like the one we have here at Northwest, it states the point, it gives you a couple of verses for each point that you can use, what you want them to say, the yeah. questions you're going to Everything is on this one little piece of paper. It's a ready-made script. That's exactly right. And they don't have to be fumbling with their Bible or fumbling to a verse. Mm-hmm. And, and again, all of that, as you mature and learn and grow, you'll get better at it. But for soul winning for beginners, we're going to just take a simple gospel tract and show them how important it is in the main body of the presentation to use just what's on that track. Got it. And so um, we'll go ahead and just get started. We will assume sure. that um, we've already done the transition. You've come to the door, you've chatted with the folks at the door, you've done the transition, and they are interested in hearing what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with that main body, and we start with point number one. And point number one, and again, when I've got the track, uh, I'll, I'll get it into their hands. We'll talk about this transition in the transition later. But I'll get it in their hands, and so while they have it in their hands, mm-hmm. I am able to le- re- uh, lean over and point to the verses as I'm saying them. Got it. Some people try to take and put uh, a, a tract in that person's hands and their hand, and they simply read it. You have no confidence that they even have a clue where you are oh, yeah. uh, in the print of that. Well, it doesn't take much to distract That's them. exactly right, and the print's not really big. Yeah. And, 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 and if, if you've got to start hunting around for things that are on that, uh, that tract, it's going to be tough. And they so write, they may be reading ahead of you. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I, I, I take the track and I hand that to them. And, and as I'm getting into the presentation, there's a, there's a handful of things that I try to remember for each point. For each point, I try to state the point. Sure. And then I'm going to read the verse a couple of times. I'm going to explain and illustrate. illustrate. And then before I leave that point, I'm going to paraphrase what it was I said. In other words, take that verse, put in the words that I've defined for them mm-hmm. so that they can understand what that verse is talking about to, the, to us today okay. uh, in, in the language of today. So we've got state the point, read the verse twice, explain some key words, illustrate mm-hmm. if necessary, and then make sure that you put it in a nutshell for yeah, them that's in, exactly right. in Recap. your own language. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exactly right. So I hand, I, I give them okay. the verse like this, and they're, they're looking at the verse as I'm going. So I'll, I will state, the first thing that we need to know is that we have all sinned. Mm-hmm. This verse right here, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you'll see as, as I'm reading it, I'm pointing with my fingers, I go along. Now that's important for you to do what? Have the verses memorized. Sure, yeah. You, You're reading it upside quick. down. Read this for me upside down here. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, if you don't have it memorized, you're going to be in trouble. And you have to have memorized where it is on the track. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be pointing at a verse that you're not even quoting. So I've got this in your hand, point number one. Uh, you have sinned, we have all sinned, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned means we're not perfect. Now I'm going to be defining points. Every one of these verses, I try to find some words, phrases, points that they may not understand and explain those points. Okay. For all have sinned, that simply means we're not perfect. Now I like to use that because sometimes if you ask somebody if they're a sinner, they're not sure what you're talking about. They may be thinking Grand Theft Auto, and you're thinking, punching your little sister. Yeah. And so they'll say, no, I'm not a sinner. And then you're going, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm. But I've never met anybody when I say all have sinned. What that means is we're not perfect. I've never met anybody that said, I'm perfect. Yeah. Never. 
They understand that. Kind of, that's exactly right. So for that first verse, I say, for all have sinned. That means we're not perfect. Then I point down to glory of God. And I mentioned to them that that's talking about heaven. That's a pretty abstract concept. Oh, sure it is. And, and there's more that's encompassed in that. Sure. But heaven's good enough for what we're talking about here and very appropriate. I say, for all have sinned. I define heaven. And then I say, but here's the key point in this, in this verse. And come short of. And at that point, I will try to make sure that they understand what I mean by coming short of. Mm-hmm. So there's a raft of illustrations you can use. Um, if you got a little, little kid, for example, you can give the illustration of a cookie jar on the highest shelf. And, and if, he's, if he comes short of reaching the cookies, does he get any? No, he doesn't. Sure. If it's, a, if it's a, a teenage guy, I might ask him if he's a football player. Mm-hmm. Said so if you're ever carrying the football and got tackled short of the goal, did you get in? But there's a whole bunch of illustrations you can use. But you want to illustrate we, we, we know what these phrases mean. Sure. We don't know that they know that, and most of the time they don't. So you almost can't over-explain a passage. So I've just explained, all have sinned means we're not perfect. Glory of God means heaven. Come short of means <clears throat> we fail to get there, or we fail to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Then I come back and paraphrase. So what this is saying is, because we're not perfect, we come short of or don't get into heaven. All right, and that's it. You've that's stated it. the point, read the scripture twice, explain, illustrate, and you that's exactly right. And you'll do that for each of the points. Every point, okay. it's the same concept. Pick out the key words they str- that they might struggle with. Now, another thing that I do is I try to keep my language constant through the presentation. And, and the one that I work on the most is the concept of salvation. Okay. Because we use terms like born again, saved, ask Jesus in your heart, ask Jesus to pay for your sins. We use all those interchangeably. They don't know that yeah. for the most part. So as I'm going down through here, to me the common theme here is Jesus died to pay for our sins. Mm-hmm. So I try to maintain that concept of paying for sin. There's a payment. That's exactly right. And if, and if they use the term saved or born again somewhere in there, I'll say what that means is to ask Jesus to pay for your sins. Mm-hmm. And so I stay with that theme as we go through. Okay. So we finish the first point, and I say then, as a matter of fact... Take a look at the second point. The second point is the penalty for sin is death and hell. And then I go to the verse, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages, wages, that's something we've earned. That's a payment for something. Okay. Uh, my job, I get paid on Thursdays. That's, that's what I get for what I've done. So that verse is saying the payment for our sin is death. Our sin must be paid for. Anything that we do wrong in our life, it has to be paid for. And this says the wages of sin is death. Now, this death is not just talking about a physical death, but it's talking about a spiritual death and dying and going to hell. So then I go back and and paraphrase or summarize. So what this verse is saying here is that somebody has to pay the wages. Somebody has to pay for our sin, and that's in a place called hell. And then the illustration I use is, look at it this way. Is heaven a perfect place? Well, no. I mean, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I misunderstood yes. the question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, heaven's a perfect place. And almost everybody, frankly, whether they're Christian or not even, acknowledge that heaven's sure. a perfect place. Yeah. So is heaven a perfect place? Yes. And then I ask them, so are you and I perfect? Well, no. No. So if you died and went there, would it be perfect anymore? Not anymore. And that's exactly right. And a lot of times people believe, like I did, if I was a pretty good guy, I'd be okay. God weigh the scales, and as long as I was more good than bad, I'd be okay to be in. But by doing this and going back to that concept of perfection, 
is not a matter of weighing the scales. It's absolute. Mm -hmm. If you have one sin, which makes you imperfect, you don't deserve to go to heaven. And as a matter of fact, the penalty for that sin is dying and going to hell to pay so for your sin. So you're killing work salvation in the middle Immediately. of the gospel. And you do, that's right. And, but you set it up there on top yeah. when you say, uh, for all have sinned. That's talking about not being perfect. So you, you, that's exactly right. You take care of the whole concept of being good enough or working for your salvation. So the second, the second point then was the penalty for sin is death and hell. And then I say, so we all deserve to go to hell to pay for our sin. But the good news is... And I go to point number three. And point number three is, Jesus died to pay for your sin. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God commendeth, or showed, his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, even though we're not perfect, Christ died for us. This is where I take the opportunity to make sure they understand and believe that Jesus is the only Son of God. Mm -hmm. If they don't believe that, if they don't understand that, they can't get saved. They must acknowledge that. And, and it's important for them to acknowledge he's the only son of God. Sure. In our area here, we have a lot of, of uh, Asian folks, uh, Southeast Asian folks, uh, and they have a tendency to be polytheistic. Uh, and the whole Eastern religion concept is many gods. Sure. And if you're not careful when you're witnessing to one of those folks, uh, would you, and you end up saying, would you like to pray and trust Jesus as your Savior? They'll say, well, sure. But what they're thinking is, that's one more God I'm just going to add to the shelf. Sure. So, and, and, and that, that Jesus can't save you. The Jesus that's along with everybody else oh, yeah. can't save you. Uh, Muslims believe that Jesus was a good prophet, mm -hmm. not even equal to Muhammad. Well, you can't get saved through that Jesus. The Jesus we have to get saved through is Jesus Christ, the only Son of Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And people have to understand that, agree with that, believe that. So I take that this third one where it says, God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I take that Christ died for us phrase, and that's what I, I springboard off of to make sure that they believe Jesus was the, the only Son of God. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I'll, I'll ask them, said the Bible says that Jesus is the only Son of God. You know, the, you've probably heard the Christmas story. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've probably heard the Easter story. Yeah, well, the Bible says that Jesus was the only Son of God. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. And because of that, because he had no sin to pay for, he was God. And then I'll ask them, and I'll try to make sure that I, 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 I'm grasping what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God, that Jesus was perfect? And, and you can't go any farther if they don't believe that. Yeah, there's no you're point. You're done. That's exactly yeah, right. You're done. No you cannot go any farther. You're done with that. So it's at that point I make sure that that's the case. Okay. But God couldn't love toward us, not while we were sinners. Christ died for us. And then I'll ask, as I'm coming out of that, if I, if I find that they believe that Jesus was the Son of God, then I'll say, well, if Jesus was the Son of God, that means he never sinned. He was perfect. Mm -hmm. So if he was perfect, why did he die on the cross? We are imperfect. We have sinned. We deserve to die and pay for our sin. Jesus had no sin. Why did he die on the cross? And I stop. And I'm sure you get a lot of looks. You do. Yeah. But, but you also, if you've done a good job of pre presenting what's going down through here, they'll say he died to pay for our sins. And I'll say, that's exactly right. What did it say right there? Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you bring up a good point. 
you you have to make sure they understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You can't go to another point if they don't believe and buy into each point as you go by them. So you have to be clear. That's why it is so important that you memorize your gospel presentation. It has to be as good as any salesman in any kind of business. You have to know, and, and I, I hate using this, I hope people don't misunderstand, but you have to know your sales pitch. This is far more than that. This is the sure. eternal destiny of people. But man, if, if for True Green you've got to have your sales pitch memorized, we better know what we're doing when we're giving ours because the eternal soul of an individual oh, so much more important. is at stake. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you have to know what you're saying. Why? So you're going to be focusing in and seeing if they're following you or are they kind of looking over their shoulder or are they distracted by something that's going on or they're trying to shut the door or some little kid's inside. And, or, or they just don't understand. You have to look them in the eye. In our area here, we have a lot of Spanish folks. We were out doing some door knocking today and ran across one gal. And, and as we're talking to her, she's saying, yep, 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 yep. But real quickly, we figured out she didn't have a clue what we were saying. So you have to, especially with Spanish folks, you have to be very careful, not Spanish, but, but folks of, of another language, you have to be so careful that uh, they understand exactly what you're saying and they're buying into it. Okay. If they do, the, present, the, the, the message is simple, but you have to proceed down through that and, and in an orderly step-by-step fashion. So then I, I wrap up that point by asking, why did Jesus die on the cross? And if they answered, he died to pay for our sins, I said, that's exactly right. Or if they give me the blank stare, and often it's about 50-50, yeah. I say, well, look at it right here. What does it say? Christ died for us. God loved us so much, Dave, that he allowed his son Jesus to come to this earth, was born here, lived 30-some years here, and then died on the cross to pay for our sins, knowing we deserve to pay for our sins. And then I check and see. Do you do you understand that? Do you believe that? Are you, are, are, and then try to measure if they're sure. following along. Mm-hmm. I said, but there is one thing that we have to do. I said, look at the fourth point. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever, Dave, you can put your name in there. For if Dave shall call, pray, or ask upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Now at that point, I say, save from what do you think? That's a new term. We've never. That's heard exactly that right. We haven't, we haven't used it before. And plus, it tells me if they've understood everything that I've told them so far. Yeah, they can probably imply what that means. That's exactly right. So I say, Dave, if, if, if we're willing to ask Jesus to pay for our sins, call upon the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. ask Jesus to pay for our sins, we, we can be saved. Saved from what? And if they go saved from hell, I say, that's exactly right. And that's an indicator to me that they're understanding what I'm saying. If they give me the blank stare again... There's something that they're not getting, and you can't go ahead. So if I get the blank stare, I go back and try to reiterate the points real quickly again to find out where it was that I may have lost them. And then when I finally get down there, you can, for the most part, you can tell if somebody gets it or not. Sure. Because if you say, save from what, do you think? They go, save from hell? That's exactly right. And this is the teacher part of you. You're always checking your students That's to see exactly if they're right. getting the knowledge. That's exactly right. You are wasting your time if you proceed and they don't understand what you're saying. And, and in fact, it's worse than wasting your time. You may end up having somebody pray a prayer that didn't understand what you're saying. Just, they're just trying to, and, and little kids, by the way, um, you have to be very careful, especially your own children. You have young kids. Yeah. You have to be careful. Children want to please. And when an adult asks them to do something, they're going to do it. 
whether they believe it, understand it, or not. And so, but the same thing can be true of an adult that doesn't understand what it is we're saying. We have to be absolutely clear and make sure they understand. And once they understand, then you're down there. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The paraphrase of that verse is, if you're willing to ask Jesus to pay for your sins, he will, and you'll be saved from hell to go to heaven. But you have to be willing to ask Jesus. He's done everything for us. It's not a matter of anything that we can do other than acknowledging, that's what repentance is all about, acknowledging that the path you're on is going to lead you to hell because you're going to have to pay for your sin. But if you're willing to turn to Jesus and ask him to pay for your sins, he already has, but you have to ask him. He's not going to make anybody go to heaven. That's our choice. God made us with a free choice, and it's our choice if we want to go to heaven or not. So we have to be willing to ask him to pay for our sins. That's pretty easy. It's, it's very straightforward. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's very straightforward. It's very simple. But the key, the two keys on this whole thing is, one, you have to be absolutely clear. You have to be absolutely clear that they understand what you're saying. And if they're not, or if you make, and, 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 if, and the only way you can determine that is if you know your presentation well enough to where you're not concentrating on it, you're concentrating on that person and reading them to see if they understand or not. And, and as long as you're able to do it, that's why, that's why I call this soul winning for beginners. There are a raft of other verses that we can use and directions that we can go. But this is a place to start. That's exactly right. For the, the new soul winner, this gets them something they, they can be confident in. And the other thing that this really is handy for is you, you may get off on a rabbit trail someplace, mm-hmm. but you always have an anchor point you can come back to if you have that outline in your head. Little landmarks. That's exactly right. I, uh, somehow you got wandering off and answering some question they had, but you remember you were on point three, zap, you go right back to point three, back into your outline, and off you go again. Anybody that's been soul winning with me, in fact, my partner uh, today that I had, I had an opportunity to give a couple Gospels out, and, and neither of them were, were prepared uh, to trust Christ at this point in time, and so I didn't push it. I'll, I'll push a Gospel, but I'm not going to push a prayer. And so in both of those cases, so I, let, I, I had an opportunity to make a Gospel presentation. My partner made a Gospel presentation. Then I came back and made another Gospel presentation. I said, now tell me what I said differently in either one of those. And he looked at me and I said, nothing, Right. He said, right, I could push a tape recorder button, and it was exactly the same. Well, why not? They're two different people. They didn't hear me, yeah. you know, and so what difference does it make? Yeah. But I am, I am so well-versed in, in my presentation, I don't worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost a natural. We want to talk to people about their, their never-dying soul like we would talk to a neighbor over the back fence. It's hard to be relaxed when you're not practiced. It's impossible to be relaxed, and it's impossible to read somebody if you're not. If you have to focus on everything, what's, the, what's my next verse? How do I illustrate? Well, how do I explain? Oh, oh, I'm in trouble now. I got off on this tangent. How do I give it? You you can't be worried about that and be as effective as a soul winner as you might be. So that gets us through the four primary points that are on the track. Mm-hmm. Again, you can use your Bible. Uh, one of the things that we like to do here at Northwest Preacher calls it a roadmap is go into your Bible, and you've got to know what your first verse is, but from then on, at the end of the verse, write what the next verse is that you're going to, and then you can use your Bible and flip you know, as you want to go by. Yeah. And, and uh, that's great and, and highly recommended. But I just wanted to get, because this is so concise, one piece of paper that a teenager or a brand new convert can, can focus on, this is the meat or the, 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 the base main body of what we're doing as we're out there knocking doors. Well, I appreciate that, Bill Hall. That's tremendous, and that's so simple, breaks it down, and makes it so that anybody can just 
give the gospel if they just practice a little bit and practice what you just taught. Yeah, not so much practice a little bit. Because another point that I make is, if I haven't done this for a week or two, vacation or whatever, although we, we still try to pass out tracks and, and do whatever, but if for some reason uh, I haven't, I have to go back and kind of run through it in my mind, yeah. make sure I got it where it needs to be, because if you don't use it, you do lose it. Yeah. And Satan would like nothing better than that. Well, in one of our next videos, we're going to be talking about this transition getting into the gospel. And so you can check out the description of this video. We'll have a link to that next video. So you can click on that and go straight to the next video, introducing and transitioning into that spiritual conversation. Right. Thanks for the haul. You bet.